Well, we are continuing our conversation series, and we know that God's word tells us a few things. One, to not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but to continue meeting together all the more as you see the day approaching, um, and that's Hebrews 10.25, that in, and in 1 Thessalonians 2.8, that I love this verse. This verse has become a verse that uh, is almost a life verse for me. It says, because we loved you so much that we shared not only the gospel with you, but our lives as well, that, that taking the gospel out is a command of Jesus. It's one of the most important commands of Jesus. It's the great, it's the great commission where... Jesus says in Matthew 28 and 18 to 20, he says, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. And with that authority, Jesus tells you and me to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And so we hear that great commission. We hear the commission to go so often, but so often we don't do very much with that. So often we take the command to go and we go home. And the the Bible says in James to not just listen to the word, but do what it says. And so we wanted to give you today uh, some examples of putting those things into action, not just sharing the gospel, but sharing lives, of taking the command to go and actually doing what the Bible says. And so today we're going to be having a conversation with the guys from Out of the Boat Ministry, and so we have no idea what's going to happen here in the next however long this takes. So... um, I'm really excited to, to have these guys here. Um, we know as a church, the ministry that they have had uh, not only in our community and to each other, but really the ministry that they've had to this church because uh, the guys that go to Out of the Boat Ministry and attend this church have have changed something in this church and have uh, have really challenged us all to... Uh, to do something more, to get out of the boat. And so we want to talk about that. Um, So I'm going to bring Sean up. Uh, Sean Fraunfelter, if you didn't know that. Um, Because this is where sort of out of the boat got started. I'm sorry, it's not very manly up here. You can throw the pillows if you want. But they they, they throw the, yeah. (laughs) They, They... compliment your eyes so yeah um so out of the boat kind of started with you um and so how did how did that come about um so when i first started going to church uh, i was going to a church called lcc Lancaster community church um so my wife and i first started going and uh, we went for a few years, but we just, you know, we sat in a sanctuary and, and kind of did that. We, you know, we really weren't connected. And I didn't have a group of people around me. Um, so, surprise, surprise, we fell away after a few years. Um, my daughter was born. She was colic. Uh, that brought a bunch of stress in the house. Uh, my wife got postpartum depression. Uh, my mom moves in full time with us. <laughs> Thank God for uh, mothers um, to help you out. Um, so we used that as an excuse to fall away. We didn't have a group of people around us for accountability. Um, we didn't have, um, you know, that group of people to come around you to help you through something hard. So we fell away. Um, right before we got ready to, f- right before we fell away. Uh, the lead pastor at LCC at the time, which is uh, Pastor Ron Grubb, um, absolutely love that man. He's been so influential for me. Um, he had 
come into church and said that he felt the Lord had led him to change the church to a small group church. And I remember thinking, this old man's crazy if he thinks I'm going to get together with a group of people at their house and talk about, you know, my personal stuff. So we end up falling away. Well, by the time we come back to church, uh, the church had changed. Um, that lead pastor uh, was no longer there. There was another lead pastor there. Uh, and, but they had followed the model of changing the church into a small, what they considered a small group church. Um, and, they were, and the leadership there was very, very adamant on you need to get connected with a small group. You need to get connected with a small group. And we did. Um, and that completely changed my walk. Um, that was probably eight years ago. I'm still friends with, and I still keep in contact with people that were in that original small group, and we don't even go to the same churches. I mean, they left LCC, I left LCC, um, but there was just a connection that we have with that first small group. So I got used to seeing the benefits of what a small group would do, um, and then the first man up event came. And a couple of my closest friends, uh, Adam and Aaron Swope, invited me to go. And I thought, okay, this sounds like a pretty cool kind of event. I'll, I'll head out. So that night, which was a Friday night, I watched Adam and Aaron recommit themselves uh, to the Lord. Um, they, had, they were raised um, in a, a, a church-going home, but over the years they would kind of fallen away. So it was a very powerful night. Uh, their dad went up on stage with them. Um, I mean, it was just, it, it was really cool to see that. Uh, and like I said, I'd already been re- kind of reconnected, but I didn't have any friends around me that were that way, or that, that were connected. So I remember it clear as day, I can tell you exactly where I was at. It was Saturday morning, I was coming back up over the overpass, the 93 overpass, and I felt the Lord say, I want you to reach out to Adam and Aaron, I want you to start a small group with them. And I remember thinking, really? Like, I don't. I don't know enough of scripture. I don't know enough of, of the faith for me to try to lead. So um, I called up a couple of my friends. I mean, these were my closest friends for 30 some years. Was so nervous. I uh, say I wanted to start a, a small group, a men's Bible study, men's group. And they said, yeah. And uh, so we had the first meeting um, and uh, it just kind of started rolling from there. Um, so that's how, that's how the men's group started, uh, which then eventually morphed into out of the boat ministries. So, um, uh, so Adam and Aaron, the Swope boys, Mm -hmm. uh, so they invited you to man up, but they weren't, their dad had invited them. Right. So, um, their dad, um, their mom and dad goes to, uh, uh, Hawking Hills United Methodist Church, and uh, the first man up crew, I mean, they were really good, um, which is what they do each year. They try to get all the churches involved, so um, the United Methodists had been advertising it, and Gary felt it was, it was a great thing to do, and, and I, I think, honestly, Gary wanted his boys back in church. Yeah. He wanted his boys, and he thought maybe this might be something, because it was going to be a a, a men's event, maybe that would be something right, different. Yeah, I just think I just thought it was crazy that two guys that weren't going to church right. <laughs> invited you to go to man right. up. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, and then you called those guys and said, "Let's start a smoke." Yeah, yeah, that's how it worked. Uh, so um, that's what the Lord's plan was. Yeah, so yeah, so um, so who were the who were some of the first people that you called up and said, "Hey, let's let's do this." The first meeting we had was myself, Adam and Aaron, um, Levi Cordell, uh, who's, his dad uh, was the lead pastor for many, many years at Church of God, which is Caddy Corner from um, St. Matthew's. Um, so I thought, well, I know Levi knows a lot about the Bible, so he can help me with this. Uh, he came to one group. <laughs> um, but... Man, I was really struggling at that time with things going on, and there's still something that he said at that very first group that has still stuck with me. He got there a little bit early, and I said, he said, you know, how are things going? And I said, man, like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, 
I'm afraid of what God's going to do to me next. Like, what's around the corner? And he said, no, no, no. He goes, that's the wrong person. He goes, it's the enemy that's going to do something to you. And it just really changed my kind of perspective of stuff and really kind of pulled me out of that funk. And that was it. He gave me that little wisdom, and then he was gone. Yeah. Didn't come back. Yeah. So. And so pretty early on, you call Matt Highness. Or how, how, did, how did Highness so we were So we were meeting at the shop, and um, I, I don't know if Matt had kind of caught when, um, but he, had, um, he and Joy had brought a vehicle in, and um, the one time Joy came to pick up her vehicle, uh, LCC used to have these, they were uh, key tags, and that's how you checked your kids in. And she had this little key tag that had LCC, and I said, hey, you go to LCC? And she said, well, they used to because when LCC split, um, then they went with where the lead pastor went, with Ron, where Ron Grubb went, which was the Life Church. Um, by the time I'd come back, I wasn't there to make a choice to where to go with the split. Right. We just came back to LCC and yeah. realized that, whoa, this, is a, this right. is, wasn't how it was when we left. Yeah. So, um, so that kind of sparked a conversation, and I think, I'm assuming, maybe she talked to Matt. So Matt stops by one time. His daughter was getting ready to go on their senior trip um, to Myrtle Beach, and he and I sat out in a parking lot and talked for an hour or so. Yeah. And I told him about group, and then he started coming to group after that. All right, so we're going to bring Highness up here uh, to join the conversation. Um, yeah, there. pass that on. Skinny side over here. There you go. So, um, so then when you joined, how, how far into it had, was it when, when you started coming? Or maybe Sean would know that better. Probably six months or so. Probably somewhere around there. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Yeah, so we would have started right after the first man up. So it would have been going into that summer because Jordan would have been heading off to her senior trip. Yeah, it'd have been around May and on, you know, May into June. Yeah, and so what was it that that got you? That was like this is this is. Uh, I'm a Ron Grubb uh, student as well, so that was the big connection between Sean and I that and I needed cars repaired so (laughs) and um, Jim White uh, Jim's wife Bonnie had been like a second mom to me growing up and so I remember when Sean started his shop he had an article in the paper and he kind of gave homage to Jim and so that was like oh man okay so um, I knew Sean from high school but we never hung around we never like we knew the name. That was it. Yeah. So when he was talking about this, I was like, ah, okay. Um, Joy and I, going to LCC, we'd never really um, got into the small group. I mean, we're both nurses. Our schedules are whacked and, you know, working every other weekend and schedules through the week. So small group was difficult for us because we didn't work Monday through Friday, 8 to 4. And so I was like, okay, sounds good, something different. Um, and, and I was open to it. Right. And then when did Jamie come into the... So, this is where my wife said God is in action. Uh, I was at the gym, and... <laughs> I know, I know, I'm telling you, you know God is working somewhere when I'm at the gym. So, prior to... Um, what, what, were, what were you doing there? I was on the treadmill. Stair like, stepper, hang, actually. Hanging out, waiting for my I was just drinking her. shakes up there. Yeah. I told him, I don't want protein in it. Just give me a chocolate shake. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, if you don't know about this, uh, I'll let you in on a secret. Out of the boat, we, we love to eat. We love food. We talk about food. Not as much as we talk about Jesus, but we talk about food a lot. <laughs> yeah. So um, prior to Jamie coming on board, Sean and I had uh, gone to see Disciple. And I'd been following disciples since around 2003. I was working at Lancaster Hospital. Um, my boss at the time was going to LCC. 
and she would bring CDs in and put on her desk. And every Monday morning, we'd go down for the Monday morning manager's meeting, and I would see these CDs. And so that's how I got hooked on Ron Grubb. And uh, her brother, in 2003, the Lord told him, put on a free show for kids in Fairfield County at Lancaster Fairgrounds. And so that was called Fusion 360. And my boss came to me and said, hey, do you want to run the first aid tent for this Christian concert? I said, yeah. Up until that time, I'd really never followed Christian bands. Like, if you asked me who a Christian band was back then, I probably would have told you, like, the Statler Brothers. Like, I didn't follow any Christian rock. None of that. Um, I was a 80s and 70s, like, metalhead. Um, and so... I volunteered there. Uh, I got pretty involved for that first concert. That would have been in 2003. Disciple shows up, and I was just blown away. Um, you know, they roll in in a tour bus. They get out. They're rock and rollers, long hair, tattoos. But they talked about Jesus. It was a, it was a big deal. And I was like, man. So from that point on, I loved Disciple. I followed Disciple. I went to numerous concerts. Um, and so they were coming, fast forward now to when I started to, to go here, they were going to be at a church in Washington Courthouse. It was going to be a free show. It was on a Saturday. So I said, I said to the guys in the group, hey, let's go see these guys. And everybody had something going on except for Sean. So we went over, saw a disciple. It was a free show in this church. I don't know, maybe 40 people at best. But... It was the disciple show. I knew it would be. Sean had never seen him before. People getting saved. 65-year-old men down in the front row jumping up and down at the show. And Sean was just blown away, which I was excited by because I knew he would be. And we, we're not even back in the car yet. Like, I remember I'm putting my, my hand on the door handle, and he says to me, why can't we do this in our town? And I said, well, let's do it. And so the, the Fusion 360 in my past, in 2003, I'd gotten to know the guy who booked the bands. I'd gotten to know the guy who did stage sound and lighting. So God had put me at the right place at the right time then. And then he just kind of put it on a shelf for the perfect timing. And so we decided we're going to do this. We're thinking about whatever we could sell, kidneys or whatever, to fund it. And so, miraculously, I'm at the gym, and I'm on the stair stepper, and he comes in, and I said, hey, check this out. You want to be a part of this? This is what we're going to do. And he looked at me like I had three heads. I know he knew we were crazy. Right. Now, how did you know Jamie, uh, other than from the gym? So I'd known um, Jamie and his family from... His oldest brother and I went to school together. So we played soccer together. So I know his family all through high school. Gotcha, gotcha. So Jamie, come on up. And, and Matt, if you'll give him that handheld and then grab that microphone right behind you there. So that's right about when you got involved. Yeah. And... Uh, and I remember you calling me, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing. I remember exact place, time. I was at, I was at Suncrest. Um, it was Wednesday because we were at Kennywood, and it was evening, and you called me, and, and you said, we want to do this. This is what we, you know, and you're like, I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea when you want to do it. And you were like, August. Well, it is mid-June, and I was like, and I, I remember doing sort of the pastor thing where I encourage you with it, but I'm like, that's a really good idea. Yeah, yeah, go for it. But in my head, I'm like, that's not going to happen. Uh, like, good, good luck with that. Um, and then, thankfully, God proved me wrong, which he does fairly regularly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it just made me think of the verse that says God works all things together. And just the... The you know that you were at Fusion 360, kind of for something that would happen years later. I mean, just watching sort of the pieces of all of it fall into place. Um, is, probably, 
around this time. Yeah, you uh, make sure that it's Donna's mic. Make sure. So it was about five years ago, around this time, that Sean and I came here to this church. I don't know if any of you were here that Sunday. We spoke in both services. We had a, a seven-slide PowerPoint. Any of you remember that when they came for the first time, brought this, a couple of you, brought the PowerPoint? Yeah, so that was really around this time, five years ago, very short notice. Uh, we were just hoping to, we thought, you know, if we come out of here with a couple hundred bucks, it would be a great day. And I remember after the second service, we were in the back, Pastor Bruce came up and he was like, well, we're, we're pretty short today. A lot of people on vacation, whatever. We, we were only able to come up with $700 for you. And Sean and I were just blown away. Yeah. I, I remember, um, this is a hot mic. Um, I, I remember, number one, seeing Matt Hines in the gym, which really was a, a watershed moment. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't been back since for a But, <clears throat> you know, I was, I was on the, the leadership team for Man Up and, and coming off the heels of, of that event and seeing what God did in the lives of men there. Um, but knowing that we start planning for Man Up in August for a January event. And so I, I had a little background on quote unquote event planning. And when Matt told me, hey, we want to bring Disciple, we want to do it downtown, we want it to be 100% free, um, what do you think? You want in on this? And the first, my first thought was, when do you want to do this? And we want to do it in August, maybe September. And I'm like, of, of what year? And so I was just literally blown away. But I thought, if these guys are crazy enough and obedient enough to do this, I have to at least stick around for a little while to see how this is going to work out. And I remember the first meeting I walked into, and there was just a handful of guys stuffed into Franz's lobby uh, of his shop. And... I just sat back and literally when the guys, you know, would ask a question, I'd say, I'm just here to cheer you guys on. Like, I don't, I don't know why I'm here, what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, but it wasn't, you know, maybe two or three meetings. It was like, wow, these guys like truly want to dig into the word, truly want to challenge each other um, to live out their faith uh, and believe God for the impossible. And so, you know, that's, that's shortly after I'd pick up the phone and called Brian, and, and, and Brian gave me the, okay, buddy. Yeah. All right. Let's do it, if you can. Um, so wait, at what point did, did you go from being group? I, I remember it just being called you know, group Thursday night. Uh, at what point did you go from that to being out of the boat, and, and how did that happen? What inspired it? So, yeah, how we better tap? Um, so I was a Ron Grubb guy, as I said. See, it's been about 12 years ago now, middle of the week. Um, it's my day off. I'm doing dishes in my kitchen, listening to a Ron Grubb CD. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you're going to have a ministry someday called Out of the Boat. Chokes me up today. Uh, I'm the crier of the group, if you don't know. <laughs> um, my wife probably thought I was yeah. having a stroke because I couldn't talk for about a half hour. Um, <clears throat> so I just kind of sat on that for a while. Like, like I knew it was God, and I knew exactly what he said. You're going to have a ministry called Out Boat Ministry someday. That's all he said. There wasn't anything else. There wasn't any downloaded informational booklet on how to achieve it. He just put it in there. And so... I just shelved it. I didn't chase after it. I just knew when it was time that it would just come out. I didn't really talk about it. Um, my wife would tell you that. I didn't really talk about, hey, we got to get this ministry going. I just kind of let it sit. And so when we were planning the impossible, which was to raise $14,000 in a month and a half, um, we had watched a, a video one night talking about getting out of the boat. And I told the guys my story. And next time we met, they're like, That's, this is the name of our group, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it fit perfect. So we'd felt, well, if we're going to 
do an event, maybe we should change from just to being a, a, a Bible study to be an actual ministry. Uh, that way we could, we could approach more churches, we could approach more organizations, we could, you know, be kind of more organized so we would have like a, um, quote unquote, like a president, vice president, secretary, you know, somebody to take care of the finances, things like that. Uh, so we were like, okay, well, it's great. Now what do we call it? So then right around this time, and it just, as soon as Matt told us that, uh, a message that we had just watched, like it, it fit perfect. Um, and that was it. There was never any other option. Um, and then how has it, excuse the unchristian word, evolved? Uh, I'm, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, don't write, don't, don't email me. Um, but how, how has it evolved since then? there's words to describe it. I mean, we went from we went from just putting on a Christian rock show. I mean, that was our goal. Um, if you were here the first time we came, our goal was put on a free show for a, a certain genre of music to hopefully have one person come to know Christ. To thousands of people showing up over the years Backpacks, shoes, school supplies, coats, food, flood relief. I mean, we really, we talk a lot about journaling and I'm terrible at it. I need to be much better, but um, our mentor, uh, Ron Grubb, really encouraged us to journal because the Lord has done so many things that we need to journal it. If not, we're not going to remember them all. And truly, when just having dinner the other night with Pastor Brian, man, there was a lot of things coming back into mind um, about what's happened over the years. Um, I'll just say this, and I'll turn the mic over to you guys. The one thing that I remember, year one, Disciple came in the day before the event. They ziplined. We played golf. and I think we have some pictures of the zip lines. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's perfect. I like how you did it. By the way, while they're getting those up there... Uh, We'll throw the slide up here in a few minutes, but if you have any questions for these guys, uh, you can shoot me a text. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I know some of you out there are probably going to send me some crazy. So here's the zip line picks. So this is Friday night before the Saturday night show. Um, after the Saturday night show, I get back on the bus for Disciple. I'm getting ready to get their food on there. We're going to take them out to sign autographs. And Kevin, the lead singer, said, man, did you see that? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it was awesome. He goes, did you, did you see whose hand was up? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, and there's like 30 people's hands up. I, what are you talking about? And Kevin said, Davis, our zipline tour guide, gave his life to Christ. I'll never forget that. Yeah. 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 Um. The group, kind of, for me, how it's evolved, um, I mean, yeah, we, 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 do the, we do the concert and we do, you know, you know coat giveaways and stuff like that, but, but understand, still for me, my main focus is I want to challenge men to be biblical men um, in their marriages um, in their friendships and parenting. Um, so that's where my, my weekly focus is for the guys who come. Um, I want group to be um, a place that when, when you have those days where you're ready to snap, you've got a group of guys you can get a hold of. Um, when, when things in life start to go south for you, you've got a group of guys uh, that you can get a hold of. I mean... Um, yeah, I grew up here in Logan, so I know, you know, I knew Matt, and I knew Jamie, and I knew Matt Miller, and J.R. Edwards, and I mean, I, I knew a lot of the guys that came, but these guys are now my best friends. These are guys that I talk to every single day, um, that I pray with, that I struggle with, that come around me when I go, I mean, 
you know, it wasn't too long ago when, when things were going really south at the gas station for us. Like, these were the guys who kept me from really going off the deep end. Um, so I want that kind of, I don't want to use this word, safe place. Yeah. I want a place where guys can come and know that they can get things off their chest they need to get off of, but they also know that you're going to have a group of guys that's going to stand with you. I mean, you know, we talk about the, the shepherd and the sheep and the wolf. I mean, look, the wolf doesn't go after the pack. He doesn't go after the herd. He goes after the one that's sitting off on its own, thinking that you can get through it on your own. I mean, that's what happened with me when I first started going to church. I fell away because I was off on my own. It was real easy for me to get picked off. So, um, so for, for me, like starting this, this group, feeling that the Lord led me this way, but the gifts the Lord has given me through this group, they're immeasurable. The guys that, I'm, that I do life with, um, like they're gifts from God for me. Um, their families, I mean, you know, I've, I've told Matt this before, like, the reason that I love his wife and his kids is because I love him. The same reason I, I care for Jamie's wife and his kids and, and what, you know, what they've been going through with the, the two little ones, you know, bringing them into their home. Like, the reason my heart breaks for that is because I love him. Like, that's what you get with group. And it it always seems odd to me when you almost have to beg guys to come to be a part of that. Um, I mean, so that's the evolution for group for me. It was the nervousness of trying to put together some type of thing for us to study or thing for us to, now it's, I mean, these are the guys I do life with. And I, lo- and I absolutely love them, and I, and I love the position I'm in with 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 these guys. You know, for me, it's, um, it's being a part of, uh, a group of guys, like I've said before, that, um, (coughs) truly strive to be obedient without expectation. Right. I remember the first night I walked in and, and Matt Miller was in group, never met Matt before in my life. Um, but he was just pouring it out to the guys, like, I'm not living the way I need to be. You know, God is, needs to reset my path, and that's why I'm here. And then after I shook his hand and, and he hugged me about 12 times, because that's what Matt Miller does, um, shortly after that, he kept saying, listen, God just wants us to love people. And he still says it today, just love people. And to see how God has weaved and worked through, you know, bringing Matt to group, which led him to be obedient to invite Terry Davis on the weekend that he was going to end his life. And how God pursued Terry and intervened by whatever means necessary. And now Terry is faithfully serving faithfully in this church. I told one of the guys before, I said, I, I remember when Terry first got here, you know, he'd sit in the parking lot rather than talk to people. And now you see him up and he's talking to people and he's serving the Lord and he, he's finding connectivity and purpose and... Up on stage preaching last up week. Up on stage preaching last week, you know. And it's amazing to see what God can do with it, yes. And... um you know, just with the, the outreach, look, it's not about the material things we give. I mean, the kids are happy to get that stuff. Um, but to be able to take just a minute to tell somebody how much Jesus loves them in an environment where you don't have to look over your shoulder about who might be hearing or if I'm going to be persecuted because of this or... Um, and to see the bands get involved with that ministry because that's their heart, that's their purpose, that's their mission. Um, it, it's just awesome. You know, I remember when we prayed uh, with the band, the first, uh, first concert, 
and we were coming out of M&M Diner, and we had all said, Lord, if you'd just give us a couple hundred people, I know this isn't everybody's taste in music, and, um, uh, but we really, we really want this message of Jesus to get out in downtown, in this dark place right now. And you can put up some of the slides, guys. We, we came out, and it was like the Ohio State Fair. There was just people everywhere, and we were just literally blown away, um, had no idea. Um, and that's all to glory of God. He pursued people. We had people coming from multiple states around that had heard about this um, in some form or fashion. I mean, we could sit up here for days and tell you about how God has prepared the way um, for our yes, right? Every year we begin at zero and we try to raise about $15,000. But in this community, it's a true Acts 242 community. If you see a brother in need, you go sell things to meet that need. You do whatever you have to do to sacrifice to meet that need. Um, And it's just amazing to see that work uh, even throughout the churches. And the bands have even told us, guys, listen, you don't understand. We tour all around the country. Um, This doesn't happen everywhere. Like all these churches getting together in coordination to bring the gospel to a community. It just doesn't happen. And I've always wondered, why not? I mean, as the church, isn't that what we're supposed to do? Isn't that our charge to go and make disciples? And that's, you know, I I just, I'm excited every year for it. Yeah. Um, I I have two more questions. Uh, First question, um, I, I know that with vision, a lot of times comes opposition, that, that God will give you a vision for something. Um, he'll say, I want you to, I mean, when, when Jesus called Peter out of the boat, Peter got out of the boat, but then Peter almost drowned. Um, so uh, ta- can you tell a little bit about uh, how, how have you maybe felt like Satan's come up against you since you started saying yes? And we could go on and on about that. It, um, let's see, in the past one year for me personally, um, whether it be sickness, a new transmission for my SUV, my motor blue in my other car. Uh, I paid for Sean's last vacation, by the way. Joy and I did. <laughs> and we, we thank you. You're welcome. Um, so, like, for my family, it's been more financial issues. You know, yeah. the, this breaks, this breaks, this breaks. Um, the one thing that, that I can tell you is when you're getting that type of an attack, you are right over the enemy's target. Like, if we weren't getting those attacks as individuals in in the group, then I would be worried that, well, we must not be affecting the enemy's kingdom. Mm. So, um, but like Sean said earlier, uh, God has put so many unique individuals around us that when those attacks come, um, you know, we have one another to reach out to for prayer, um, whether it be a text uh, from the guys of encouragement, um, whether it be uh, a jab in the ribs from one of the guys for encouragement. Um, they're all there to you know, lift me up and, and help get through. Um, in the specific piece of, you know, for me personally, here I am having all these vehicle problems. My, my best friend's a mechanic and has gone above and beyond to help us. So, again, the, the Lord has put the right people where they need to be for this time. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, go ahead. I, I think uh, other opposition would be, you know, the first couple of years we did this event, you know, we'd have to shut down the streets, right? And um, 
we had business owners chasing us, trying to disband this event, uh, upset about blocking the streets off. Um, you know, just challenges of, it's an outdoor event, right? Um, weather is always unpredictable in Southeast Ohio and makes us all a little bit nervous around the second week of August. But uh, specifically, the soundstage and lighting writer says that if inclement weather is gonna be an issue, um, they reserve the right to pull the plug and cancel the event. And a couple years ago, 100% uh, chance of rain in the forecast um, poured on Friday, I mean like buckets. And the soundstage and lighting guy that owns the company had reached out to us and said, hey, you guys thinking about canceling this thing? Like, I've done these long enough to know that nobody's showing up and it's gonna be a complete rain out. So, and we were pleading with him like, listen, man, God has called us to do this. He'll make a way. You know, this guy's not a Christian, right? He's not a man of faith. And I can remember a couple hours before the event, Matt has like some super Doppler radar system being a helicopter guy, and he's constantly communicating with pilots about whether they can fly or not. And he's looking at it saying, guys, listen, it's coming. It's this red blob of horror. And, <clears throat> and I remember praying about that, I mean, fervently, and watching that storm come in and split in half and go around the city of Logan. Like one of our guys called from the old Goodyear plant where Logan Daly was putting on their event and said, guys, it's pouring down rain here. It's rained out down here. What's it doing downtown? And we're like, it's dry and the sun's shining. And just that little bit of God's hand protecting. And I remember that night, a whole family from Michigan came to the show and all four of them came to Christ separately. They were all standing in different areas, came up front to receive Christ, looked left and right, and there's your whole family. I mean, can you imagine that car ride back to Michigan? And so... Um, and obviously the finances, right? We're not independently wealthy. We're not financial gurus. Um, we've always just said, if it's the Lord's will, it's the Lord's bill, and he's gonna take care of it. And uh, through this church, many churches, uh, individuals, organizations, partnerships that we've created, um, it's glory to God. Yeah. Uh, my one last question is for everybody sitting out there, I believe that God has called each and every one of us to be ministers to people. That, you know, when you read the Great Commission, it doesn't say go ye, you know, pastors or, you know, go ye. I mean, it just says go. So, what would you say? to people out there that may be feeling God speaking to them in a small way, you know, because all of this that we've been talking about came because you were driving over 93 and God said, start a man's Bible study. Now, that's not to say if you would have said, no, I'm not going to do that, that God wouldn't have said, all right, well, I'll just do it through somebody else because um, God doesn't need Sean Fraunfelder to do it, but um, but because you said yes, uh, you know. I'll, so, what would you say to somebody out there that maybe feels like God is saying, "I want you to do this," um, or or maybe is going to be driving home today, hearing this, and God's going to say, "It's your turn." Uh, what well, what would you say to somebody like that? Um. obey. I mean, I couldn't imagine my walk right now without these guys and this group. I mean, I, I wouldn't, but uh, the experiences, uh, watching God work, like, if you want to get real joy in your heart, 
watch the Lord work. Like, be somewhere involved where you, like, to see Terry Davis, like, the joy that he brings for me, knowing where he was at, and it was nothing that we did. It was completely what the Lord did. Um, like, I would have missed out. We would all would have missed out on all these different things and these great relationships and friendships and support. Um, but, but with that, I'd love to challenge the group. I mean, that, that's, that's part of what I like to do. So, so that's my challenge to you guys. There's a women's group that's in town now, and there's a men's group. Um, maybe the Lord's calling you to do your own group. Um, but I think there's a reason why one of the songs that Aaron played this morning, or the, or the worship band played this morning, um, I believe there's a reason for it, because during that song where he talks about the rocks will cry out. Creation will cry out. The wind obeys. The water obeys. But for, whatever, for whatever reason, when it comes to you and I, we don't feel we need to obey. Brian gave you scripture this morning as to why we need to meet together. Not just here corporately, but also to get together. That's my challenge to you. I'm not saying you have to come down on the boat. I'm not saying you have to go to Grace and Grit. Maybe he's challenging you to... to to do your own group, or maybe you're already in another group. But that's my challenge. Get connected. I will guarantee you it will change your walk and it will change your life. I guarantee you. There are so many people that are, that are in this group or in part of this church that would agree with that who have been in a small group. Yeah. And let me just throw out here, we have small groups at this church. We call them connect groups. And they meet, and they're fantastic. And if you're not part of one, why not? I will. Um, I want to encourage you. Sean challenged you. I want to encourage you. Maybe God called you to do something, and you completely whiffed. Maybe you didn't do it. Maybe He's still calling you, and you still haven't done it. I just want to. Maybe you don't think about this. This is kind of the Ron Grubb uh, tutoring that I've received. Is I want you to understand, you're still saved. Your, your salvation hasn't been taken away because you didn't listen. What you missed is the blessings of doing what God has called you to do. Uh, the other piece I would, would encourage you with is if God calls you to do something, whether it's something very simple, go over there and buy that person a cup of coffee or something that might be unimaginable, put on a concert with a budget of 15000 and start with zero, he's going to give you everything you need to be successful. Um, I was thinking about this the other night. If any of you uh, have had siblings or close friends, and sometimes they might have asked you to do something full well knowing that it was going to backfire in your face, that's not how God works. He's not mad at you. Uh, he doesn't sit up there and throw lightning bolts into your life because he's mad at you. If you're in a hard spot in your life, it's because either you've put yourself there or the enemy's working on you. It's not because God's mad. If he calls you to do something, he will give you everything that you need to be successful to do that. And here's why. It's for his glory. It's not for your glory. It's not for my glory. Uh, if you hear anything today from me personally... This group is not anything special. I'll disappoint you 10 times a day. My wife says times 100. <laughs> but it, it's all about God. When we get off compass in our lives as believers in Jesus, it's because we put ourselves at the center of everything. He's the center of everything. And so if you just do what he asks you to do, whatever it is, small or large, He'll make sure you have everything you need to be a success for his glory. Yeah, for me, it's, um, you know, in my walk, if I don't listen and obey what God wants me to do, to start this, start that, um, maybe the first step, and maybe this is your first step, is to come alongside someone and join them and just see what the Lord's doing. You're not taking ownership of it. You're not authoring it. You're not uh, in charge of it. 
You're just a part of it. It's just like you showing up yeah. and saying, like, I'm not really part of this. I'm just going to, like. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and so I've got a volunteer sheet up here. And it's got about six different areas where you can serve. And maybe you've been kind of sitting on the sidelines uh, being a comfortable consumer. And that works for a little while. But man, just listen and look at the blessings you're missing out on just by being content with showing up on Sunday, feed me pastor, I'm going to sing a few songs, I'm going to drop a check in the plate, and I'm going to feel great about myself. That's not the abundant life God has promised you. And so maybe it's being courageous enough to say, you know what, I'm going to sign up and I feel gifted in this area to be able to, um, I'm, I'm a good coordinator, I'm, uh, I'm organized, uh, can I help with registration? I'm going to just take a couple hours out of my day on a Saturday to help with registration. Let me tell you something, God will use that and he will blow your mind. You are going to have encounters with people, he's going to break your heart and give you eyes of compassion that he has on people uh, that you may not have right now. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. Um, but you got to be courageous enough to step forward and say, yes, Lord, send me. Um, and that may not mean halfway around the world drilling water wells in Malawi. It may mean lacing up shoes on a little kid's feet that's never had a pair of shoes. In southeast Ohio, your hometown, where you can actually be a light for Jesus. It may be putting a smile on your face and painting a kid's face in a booth a kid who's going home to a home that is destroyed. I heard this stat the other day, and I, I don't know if I've shared it or not. If I have, ignore it. 55% of the kids in Hocking County are being raised by somebody other than their parents. I was at my son's baseball game and let that sink in. That's one entire team that's on the field that's being raised by somebody else. Church, we've got a responsibility. We are called to be a father to the fatherless. We are called to love people like Jesus loves people. We are called to serve people and be the hands and feet of Christ. And I'm just challenging you, if you're not doing it, you've got a golden opportunity. It won't get any easier than this. And if any of you are wondering what group's like, these are our conversations. This is it. It's what we do. We open up the book, we read scripture, and we have a conversation, and these are the conversations that we have. I mean, I love these conversations when we have them like this. Yeah. Well, we're going to get ready and share in communion together because you heard it over and over and over again that, and you guys just stay right there, but uh, that is Jesus' mission, that it's Jesus' calling that it's Jesus at the center of everything that they do and uh, that we do. And so I actually asked some of the out-of-the-boat guys because, again, it started with one yes that became a different kind of a yes and Disciple entered the picture that became a different kind of a yes every time somebody... Uh, so I asked some of the out-of-the-boat guys to help serve communion this morning because I want you to see that it... it goes beyond just what you see up on the stage, that it spreads, that when God calls you to something, you know, God's calling maybe you to be a light, maybe to say yes, to be the first person that says yes, to be a light at your work, or maybe God's calling you to say yes and start a Bible study with people at your school. Uh, maybe God's calling you to say yes and just get your group of a couple friends together and just meet for Bible study. Who knows what God's going to do with that? But I don't care if you are in seventh grade or if you are in your 70s, God is calling you to be a part of something and say yes. So I want you to see a little bit of what that yes looks like. Well, we're going to close now. But actually, if you guys would come up on stage and if you're an out-of-the-boat dude. Uh, if you want to come up here on stage, uh, too. I just want you to get a little bit of a picture because thankfully, uh, out-of-the-boat 
out of the boat is not an Antioch thing. We're, we're awful blessed that uh, so many out of the boat guys go to Antioch, but it is not an Antioch thing, it's a Jesus thing. And uh, I, want, I want you to have a little bit of an idea though of, of what yes looks like and, and how it grows and what it becomes. And I want you to take and go out of the door today and say, what is Jesus maybe asking of me? And uh, to close us, Matt, I'm going to ask you to tell the story of, uh, of you almost going home, but then you went back to work to talk to TD. Oh, and I just man, you really give you put me on the spot. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm worried about that couch going down on the floor over there. <sighs> yeah. yeah. <sighs> I don't think I should have came this morning. I work at a plant in Lancaster, and uh, TD too, and. Um, I don't know, it was what, four years ago? I was running late. It was a couple days before I moved the hills. And, uh, man. I was trying to get out of there because we had stuff to do. And, uh, I never usually stay that late. And, uh, I was walking up the main hallway, coming from my office, and, and I was, saw TD and you were working late that night and TD don't ever work late he barely works when he's there but <laughs> <clears throat> I'd say that so don't cry but, and uh, the Lord said you need to go in and invite him to move the hills and uh, oh, man I ain't got time for this I gotta go I gotta meet these guys and uh I had my trailer behind my van. I had to pick some stuff up. And uh, I walk right up the, the main hallway and I'm like, I'll invite him next year. And uh, so I leave. I get in my van. I'm heading up back towards Lancaster on East Main. And I look down. I still got my, my work shoes on. I forgot my lunchbox. I forgot my big coffee mug. And that's important to forget the coffee mug, go back for that. So, man, I'm mad. I'm ticked off. There was a few profanity words in there. I turn the van around. I go back. I park right in front of the plant. I got this big trailer on the back of my van. I walk in and uh, I see TD again. And uh, Lord says, You need to go invite TD to move the hills. And I didn't do it. I walked back to my office, got my shoes changed, and uh, got my lunch stuff, got my coffee mug, came back out, and uh, there he was again right in front of me. The Lord said, you need to invite him to move the hills, and I thought, TD don't like this kind of music. He ain't going to show up. Um, I'm wasting my time. I got things to do. So I invited him. It's not the kind of invitation you'd get in the mail. It was a, hey, we're having this big Christian rock concert downtown. I know you're probably not going to like the music, but if you want to show up, come on down, hang out with us. Okay. And his normal TD voice, which I love, man. So I leave. Two nights later, we're packed in. And uh, I turn around, there's TD. It's been all God from there. I missed, almost missed an opportunity. Don't miss that opportunity. Man, I got into a deep depression. If it hadn't been for some of these guys... Um, I went into a real bad depression. I 
man, almost missed a blessing like Fran talked about of TD. Man, I love that guy. We're like Barney and Andy. We're like <laughs> Luke and Bo Duke. Ain't we TD? So if you ever mess with TD, you're going to be messing with the wrong group of guys. But anyway, that's, that's it. So I wasn't planning on telling that. Now you made me cry, bro. Well, I, agree. I, just, I wanted him to tell that story because we were here last week talking about, you know, TD had all the plans, had the rope, everything to end his life and had Matt not turned around and been obedient the third time. Uh, you know, this this pic, it would be a different picture. And so, all I do is just to have him tell that story, so I can say the same thing that Jesus said, which is go and do likewise. Have a good week.